0: I feel the biggest pain when I see people who cannot find their place under the sun. Unmotivated, sad and desperate people. Business owners, entrepreneurs suffering from burnout, stress and boredom and no time for their family. My biggest goal is to help them realize that this world provides enough opportunities for everybody. I managed to help thousands of people but i strongly believe that we can do so much more if we unite our knowledge and skills and this is the reason i started doing interviews with the best visionaries and world changers their inspiring personal and success stories are a proof that everything is possible all you have to do is listen and learn Together, we can change our lives and the future of this world. Hi everybody, this is Warrior Family and I'm Smilian Mori and we are all here because we believe that we can all create the life worth living. But in order to do this, we have to do something about it. And I'm here to bring you guests and uh, introduce you to their habits, their belief systems, their productivity hacks, their internet marketing, sales strategies, just for you to have it all in your business and in all other areas of your life. And today's guest is a very young entrepreneur and since 2013 Cavit has been running automated business system, a flagship service to help experts and brands strategize, build, and launch and market their business online. He has delivered presentations to big conferences in New York, Sydney, London, alongside Gary Vaynerchuk, Ryan Dice, and Lord Alan Sugar. His recent book, Don't Sleep On It, How to Turn Your Passion and Expertise into a Profitable Online Business, is already a bestseller and he's also a musician. Can you talk a little bit about this? And yeah, sure. First of all, welcome to my show. <laughs> thank
1: you so much yeah, thank for you. having me. I
0: appreciate that you took some time. Oh, I know absolutely. you are so busy. No,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I would love to do this. I, I basically have grown up, I was born in London, yeah. and I grew up for the first 11 years of my life in Lagos, Nigeria, in wow. West Africa. And uh, my parents are both, uh, my grandparents are born in India. Mm-hmm. My, they moved to East Africa and Kenya, Where my parents were born and then my parents both moved to London and then where they got married and then they met me or rather they gave birth to me. Um, But when we went to Lagos, Nigeria, my mom, who was obviously an Indian, very much keen for me to have culture in my life, wanted me to go to the temple often. So we would go to the local temple, the Indian Hindu temple once a week, once every two weeks. But there was this one festival I remember that uh, it was a big Diwali Hindu festival uh, it's like the Christmas for Hindus. Yeah. And w- there was this group of musicians in the corner and they, was set- they were basically playing. One person was singing, one person was playing a harmonium. Another guy was did- tapping on these drums. And I remember moving closer towards it, just so like, intrigued in what he was doing. And my mom, bless her thankfully, recognized that. And she said that she saw something in me when I asked her about it after, and she started me in lessons. So I now, since then, very many years, have been playing this instrument called the tabla. And it's a percussion instrument. It's like the djembe or the bongos or the congos. There's two pieces, but you don't play them with your palms. You play them with your fingers, which actually is the most difficult percussion instrument in the world. They say, I don't know who it is, but they say that if you can play that, you can play anything else. So my career started off as a musician. I always wanted to be a musician.
0: How did you turn your musician career into the online business? Yeah. How did you start actually with this? (laughs) online business. Yeah, Can't so essentially
1: start? I basically wanted to be a musician, but I come from an Indian family which means, in my mind, that, yeah? yeah. Yeah. you come from an Indian, Indian, Indian family which means doctor. doctor, there you go, you took it Loyal. out of my mouth, exactly, <laughs> accountant, and what it really says is that you've got to find a stable career yes. that you could do for 40 years, you have no risk of losing money, you will get a steady income no matter what, and you can go do anything else you want, but you have that. And my, my dad, of course, is an entrepreneur. He's mm-hmm. always been an entrepreneur. He's definitely experienced great joy, but he also experienced great struggle. Mm-hmm. And anyone that's been an entrepreneur, whether you've been doing it for a year, for five years, for 10 years, or maybe for longer like him, has been through that process. Mm-hmm. Like it's always an up and down curve. Like mm-hmm. there's always highs, there's always lows. There's always highs, there's always lows. Sometimes you can never stay stable in the middle. And I guess that's probably why he was very keen for me not to go through that journey because it's not as stable, it's not as uh, clear-cut, there's a lot more pain involved. Of course there's a lot more reward involved, but sometimes maybe when he looks back on it, he said that would be the right thing. I convinced him that I want to be a musician. And a musician uh, has to make money by by creating music and performing. And if you're not signed, if you're not Jay-Z, if you're not Rihanna, if you're not Ed Sheeran, you're not going to be a superstar musician making a lot of money because most musicians suffer from what is known as the starving artist mentality, which is, Mm -hmm. if I'm not making money, I don't want to be playing music, I've got to go do something else. And the only way I can, uh, so what I realized very quickly is this, the the, the end goal for every musician is to quit their day job. That's the end goal. Like Everyone I spoke to, I want to quit my day job so I can play music full time. And I believe that too, I wanted that myself. right? I wanted to be able to quit my day job so I could play music. Mm So, I managed to build a music career for three or four years. I gigged all over the UK, in Europe. I played at the Royal Albert Hall with Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. I played, I did some, lots of great stuff. I did a lot of recordings, and it was great. But people were asking, how was I getting those big gigs? How is an unknown musician developing his talent, able to network enough to get their big Mm -hmm. gigs? I met a music mentor who told me the secret to this and he said the secret mm-hmm. to any musician and, any, and you can put in any artist, whether you're a painter, or you're a writer, okay. or a speaker, you could say anything. The secret is being able to share your work. Mm-hmm. In other words, marketing. Mm-hmm. Because what most artists want to do, what most musicians want to do is play the music and not do anything else. Like, yes. I don't want to deal with my accounts. Yes, I don't want to yeah. market. I don't, wanna I don't want to go out there and sell, build my mind space. I don't, my don't want to sell. I, I'm not that person. I just want to be the introvert, perform, play the music, okay. and perform. Uh, and that's where I get my joy. But I had to learn to market. And, and that was the only way I made it to where I made it to. So people were asking what I was doing. And that's when I realized that actually the end goal is to quit your day job. And there's a recipe for quitting your day job as a musician, which I developed, which was, get more exposure for Mm -hmm. your music, Mm -hmm. get more sales for your CDs, get more gigs. If you did these three things properly, systematically, consistently, you would quit your day job. And so I started coaching people. That's how it actually started. Musicians? Yeah, only musicians. I'm not qualified to speak about anything else Uh, at that point. Only musicians. And I would sit with them, we'd have a drink, and I'd explore what they're doing. And I would explain everything I've done to get more gigs. Essentially, I wasn't a coach, I was a mentor. Uh, I would explain everything to sell their CDs. I'd built the biggest Myspace. Myspace is dead now, essentially, but I built the biggest Myspace for a tablet player, which is how I built my following. And so I started doing this coaching. And then, of course, I met a friend at that, around that time. This is around 2004, 2005. I met Mark Anastasi. Uh, and Mark mm-hmm. said to me, um, I'm writing all this information that I know about natural health products into eBooks, and I'm selling that online. Why don't you do the same thing with your information?" And I thought, okay, that's an interesting idea. So I sat down, and this is the start of my online business in 2005. Okay. Um, I was uh, probably around, I don't know, 18, 18, 18, 18 or years. so, yeah, something like that. And I wrote down this ebook on 49 ways to get more tips, uh, to get mo- mm. to get more promotion for your music, 49 tips to get more promotion for your mm-hmm. music on the internet. Because that's what I had done. Yeah. So 49 pages, 49 tips, all the information was there, which was really exciting, really good. And I put it online on this website. I went to my local library here. I picked up a dummy's guide to writing HTML, because no WordPress, no lead pages, no click funnels, <laughs> nothing <laughs> like this, right? I found a software called Dreamweaver. I put the Dreamweaver onto my laptop. I started building this website and I put the document there. And then I went to my MySpace, I went to the forums, and I said, I produced this document, go and have a look at it. And within about four months, we had 10,000 people check it out. Wow. But the, re- the thing I didn't know at that point was you have to collect their email addresses. Yeah. So I'd given away all this for information free. for free, which is fine now, but I haven't collected any email addresses.
0: The number so then, else. of
1: course, I learned, about, I learned about email marketing, about developing lists, which thankfully has been the greatest thing I ever know in my life. Mm-hmm. Like email marketing, if it wasn't for email marketing, I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, email marketing is 99% responsible for all the money that business generated. That's how par- We'll talk about it. That's mm-hmm. how powerful mm-hmm. it is. And so I built a list. I ended up writing four other short books like this. I also learned about PayPal mm-hmm. and selling them. So each book was selling for $19.95, all five books mm-hmm. with email lists. Within, within a year, we had about 25 to 40,000 people in our database, people buying the book every day. I was making more money than I was doing three gigs a week as a musician. At this point, I was still at university, by the way. I went to university to study genetics, which was my degree. <laughs> so I did three years in genetics. And uh, so that's how I started. That's how I started.
0: Unbelievable. And then- uh, how did you start it with uh, the online strategies for other people? Did yeah, they ask so, you? Yeah. How did you switch? You know, you are managing businesses for some great, great leaders.
1: Right. Thought so, leaders. Yeah. So, I mean, in 2005, I started the Insider Music business. is What it is, and uh, I ran it for five years, inside 2005 to 2010. Uh, the database ended up being 120,000 musicians. We had 35 info products. Essentially, I got into a nice room like this, and I recorded four programs. I took out the audio, I made them CDs. I wrote other books, I, wrote, I ran workshops, I recorded them, I sold them online. I mm-hmm. had 35 different products selling to musicians, all about the same thing. Um, but two things happened. One is, I remember this conversation with my dad when I was at university to say I wanted to go traveling. And he said, well, why don't you finish studying and then you're free to do whatever you want. At least you've got that degree to, as a backup yeah. because you're not obviously Paper. doing, you're not exactly, you're not obviously being an accountant or a doctor or a geneticist, you're not doing any of that anymore. At least get this thing as a backup. And so I did that. And here I was like five, six years later, and I was like, I wanted to go traveling back then. Mm -hmm. But instead, I've locked myself into this business what I'm doing for 15 to 16 hours a day, which is great money, but it's not what I wanted to do. I'm also gigging less now because I've caught myself in this thing. Jeff Bezos says that, uh, from Amazon, he says, you don't find your passions, your passions find you. I completely believe that. I believe that you've got to take some initiative to go forward to to, to see what's around, but the passion will claim you, and when it claims you, it really sucks your life out of you, like you go full-on into it, like you wake up dreaming about that project, you sleep dreaming about that project, there is nothing else you can do except that work, and this is what happened to me, I think, in that time for four, five, six years. So, I built this business, it was great, I realized I needed to go traveling, and obviously, on the back of that, I realized that I can't go traveling because I'm working 16 hours a day, so I have to learn about automation and systemization. I'd already Mm -hmm. learned about email marketing, about listening to the person, Uh, knowing about my customer. I made some major mistakes in that business which allowed me to learn these Mm -hmm. things. But then I put in teams and structures in place and then I went traveling. So I left the business for an entire eight months. And here's why. Uh, Derek Sivers runs a company called CD Baby. He started a company called CD Baby. And uh, 10 years after he started it, he sold it for $22 million. Just before he sold it, he said, the definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who can absolutely leave their business mm-hmm. or their project, have no contact with their team, no interaction with anybody else, go away for an extended period of time and come back and still generate the exact same revenue. Mm-hmm. And That's he did great it.
0: Definition.
1: Exactly. And he did it. And I thought, well, if Derek can do it, I can do yeah. it. <laughs> so I went away for eight months and I came back and everything was great, we were generating the same amount of money. And I realized that this was the time to do something different. This was the time mm-hmm. to move on. And coincidences always happen, whether you call them coincidences or or synchronicities. And I started to be invited to speak at conferences. Mm -hmm. Uh, I spoke to four or five hundred people here in London at the Traffic Generation Summit, the Social Media Summit, uh, all kinds of business conferences, basically, where I was teaching people how I'd built this business in the niche industry. I didn't go there to sell a workshop, I didn't go there. I just went there Mm -hmm. to share this information because people were asking. But what happened, obviously, is that a few people in the audience, different audiences, said, what if you come into our business and show us how to do this? So, and I realized, well, all I know is how to do this in the music business. Yeah. It doesn't mean I know how to do it for others. I think that it could work for others, yeah. but I had to prove that. So I did, I did one year of consulting in 12 different businesses in 12 different industries to make, these, to make these strategies that I'm very good at now happen, which is how do I know my customer very well mm-hmm. and therefore outline an entire process for somebody to market to them to sell their stuff so that we can produce six, seven, eight figures. So we did that really well, myself at that point, in so many different industries here in the UK. And that led me to say, well, you know what, I can teach this properly. I love teaching, that's what I've realized, that I could teach that really well. So I ran workshops. And the first thing I did was organize my content and ran some workshops. And I ran workshops, as you said, in New York in London and Sydney. I also spoke at conferences, Uh, Kerwin Ray's Business Masterclass in Sydney for about six years, about six times over three years. And uh, and then, I, uh, and then I came back and I realized and I reflected on it. This is 2013 now. I mm-hmm. reflected on it and I said, I'm running all these workshops. I've taken a lot of people through the process. I've sold them online through webinars. I've made some great money. But when I look at the people at the workshop, because I'm teaching tactics, the longer they leave the workshop, the less they're actually implementing. They're forgetting about it completely. This is exactly. And so I'm making great money, getting bad results, and feeling totally unfulfilled. So that thing that was supposed to catch me wasn't there yet until 2013 when we started Automated Business System. I think it has been the best thing I've done to date. And essentially I said, well, instead of going out there and teaching 20 people at a time, let me just find one person. Let me assemble the team and let's hold that one person with my entire team through the process. So now Automated Business System is like a 12-month end-to-end business development program where we take people that are coaches, consultants, trainers, speakers, influencers, brands online and say to them that, We'll work on your business strategy, Mm -hmm. we'll show you how to create programs. Once you've got your program, then we'll lay out the entire sales funnel and then we'll build it for you so you don't have to do the technical work. Mm -hmm. And once it's built, we'll coach you on how to market it Uh, and then we'll work with you for an entire year and we'll get you up to six figures initially in the very first year. So, we've taken 150 people through that process. Mm -hmm. The results are really great, very high, very happy, very satisfying. And then over the last year and a half, the people that we've been working with are more of the larger influencers. Mm -hmm. So we work with both larger influencers, and then I have a team of nine people who take on the smaller ready startups Mm -hmm. that are going. And then for people that have big influencers, I get involved very clearly in my my zone of genius. My greatest area Mm -hmm. of work is you got a product. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we lay that entire product out into a sales funnel so it actually sells and converts much better? Like we're getting conversions on landing pages that are 75, 80%. That's 80 out of 100 people opting in. We're getting sales page conversions online for programs that are seven to 8%. Normally, the average is one or 2% of people buying. So yeah, that's where I am.
2: (laughs) Wow.
0: So many people are watching right now and they're asking the question, how can I start a business? How can I share who I am and what I know into a profitable business? What are the essential steps that somebody should have taken uh, to, 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 to market his knowledge, his expertise yeah, that's package very, into the product? It's a
1: really grand so and let, big let, question. Yeah. <laughs>
0: let, let's imagine, I am, I am somebody that has no clue how to start sure. an information-based business. Yeah. But I have my expertise done or certifications done uh, I have this passion to share the knowledge, How, what steps?
1: Yeah, so before you added that second part, yeah. uh, I was presuming the question was about for somebody that doesn't have an idea. Yeah, yeah. So for someone that doesn't have an okay. idea, I mean the most important thing is that you have to find something that you can really latch onto for a long time. Mm-hmm. My equation is that passion plus consistency equals success. Because mm-hmm. success is not measured tomorrow. Like we don't look back and look at this interview and, say, and, and, and look at it tomorrow and say it was a success. We'll look at it in five years, 10 years, if we've had an impact on people Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, that interview five years ago, that changed my life. Mm -hmm. That interview three years ago, that really gave me some insight. So, the only way that happens is one, the passion that we have in sharing the information, but two, the consistency in the sharing of the recording of the interview, right? Mm -hmm. So, passion plus consistency equals success. Mm -hmm. Another example. Now, let's say somebody is an expert. They've got their expertise. They know what it is they want to do. Let's just pick an example. Somebody's a fitness trainer. They're really good at helping people lose weight, get fit, understand their diet, understand their mentality. They know this stuff inside out and they love it. They're living it every day in their life. They're sharing it with their friends. They have the, the passion. But if every day they're not posting on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube every week, they're not sending an email, if every month they're not doing a webinar, if every quarter they're not planning their life, if every year they're not scheduling other bigger events in their business, they're not deploying consistency. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You cannot just say, I'm going to be amazing at fitness training and then hope to be successful in five years. It doesn't work like that. Right? You've got to every day post stuff on your social, yeah, so that's the point. So passion plus consistency equals success. Mm-hmm. So now when we, we, with that in our foundation, how does somebody who's an expert go from that to an online business? And I think there's interesting things there to think about. The first is your market.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You can be very good at what you know uh, and you can be very confident about what you know, but if you're not able to match what you know with who you want to serve, you have what is a mismatch. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to know your customer. Now, I think everybody talks about knowing your customer. What I like to think about it as, and we talk about it in the book, mm-hmm. is how do you care about your customer? Because if you are not making enough sales right now, people say, "What? I'm not making enough sales, mm-hmm. I'm not making mm-hmm. enough, I'm not getting enough leads. The reason is not because your marketing's bad. The reason is because you don't care about your customers. Mm-hmm. You're not willing to be in their shoes. You're not willing to sit with them at dinner in your mind and understand what they're doing, what they're thinking. We think that the only thing important to them is us, but actually they have lives, they have kids, they have parents, they have family, they have, that's why warrior family is beautiful because you're not just thinking about one person, you're thinking about the whole family. And when you are in a business trying to sell to somebody, you have to also tap into what's important to them, Mm -hmm. not what's important to you. And you can only know what's important to them if you care about them. So your market and knowing who that is is very important. Mm -hmm. Not just from what age are they? Are they male or female? What country do they live in? Uh, What what salary do they have? What not just that Mm -hmm. stuff, but like, where do they go shopping? Mm -hmm. Like, what's important? Why are they vegan this year? Why are they whatever it is? Like, why are they interested in muscle building? Why what's driving them in their life? What are their Mm -hmm. political views? Like, when you really understand somebody in the heart, Mm -hmm. I talk about this concept called uh, alignment at the heart set, the soul set, the heart set, and the mindset. Mm-hmm. Like the expertise you have has to match the audience from the point of your soul, your heart, and your mind. Which means the soul is looking for, uh, the soul is looking for imagination. The soul is looking for um, new ideas. The soul is looking to be fascinated. Like it wants to be awed. And so your market is looking for awe, you're looking for awe, there has to be an alignment. Your heart is looking to give love, and this person in the audience is looking to receive love. And so that has to match. And then in the mind, for you, this person has to be willing to pay, because if they don't have the money, what's the whole point? And this person, on the other hand, is willing to pay. If there's a match there, there's a complete alignment. Yeah. So I would say the market is the very first thing. And I think mm-hmm. the second thing is, therefore, once you know your market and once you know your expertise, you create the right messaging. Mm-hmm. This is where most people fail. Mm-hmm. Most people that say, I'm really good at what I'm doing, I know my audience, I'm still not working, because the first step is you don't know your audience. But if you know your audience, the second step is why isn't it working? It's because you may say you know your audience, but do you know how they speak? Do you know what language they speak? Do you know what words they use? Do you know the linguistics mm-hmm. behind how they think? Because if you can match those two up in your copywriting, in your videos, in your sales scripts, etc then you're speaking in their language. Mm -hmm. They're likely to say yes. Yes. So these would be the foundation points before we get into sales funnels and things like Mm -hmm. that.
0: There there are many, many speakers and coaches out there and let's be honest, they are struggling, most of them. The average yearly income is, for the average coach is 25,000 something.
1: What is that? Pounds? That's very high. <laughs> no, dollars. Okay, okay, okay.
0: So what steps yeah. they are missing besides of this marketing and message? Yeah, so I think there there's a few must things. Be something. I think there's They're a few burning things. They're out.
1: Yeah, the first is that there's a lack of clarity around how many hours of coaching they want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. I think that uh, I want to be a coach. I'm going to go out there and find clients is very broad. But I'm going to be a coach. I want to coach three hours a day for five hours a week. That's 15 hours a week. That's 60 hours a month. If I know that very clearly, then I know that I've got to go and get 60 hours of coaching clients. But if I don't have that
2: mm-hmm.
1: goal or objective, it's not going to happen. So that's the very first thing. The second thing is that we get tired of coaching, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. One on one. Yeah, exactly. Like we burn out a lot quicker because we're doing the same thing inside yeah. and out. Yeah. Like we're constantly saying. Same. Same stuff, same kind of clients, same kind of problem, and we're moving them through that journey. So I think that's really interesting because what it's saying to me is that you need to find a different model. Mm -hmm. The model that you're operating right now isn't working. So the the, the point around that 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 I'm trying to make is that we need to look beyond one-to-one to to group coaching, Mm -hmm. online coaching, event coaching, all those kind of things, courses, all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. That is a great leveraged model, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But the most important thing is that we are forgetting to market. Like, we hope that just posting a, a post out there about, I've got, I've got five spaces for a free coaching session. If you'd like a free coaching session, please email me. Please, Like, everybody is doing that. That's why it's not working. Instead, like, it's, you should never have to ask for a coach. This fires me up. You should never have to ask for coaching clients. Like, it should be so natural for your clients to say, I want to work with this person. Because one, they know their stuff. But how do you know they know their stuff? They're either Mm -hmm. already have case studies, and if they don't have case studies, they're consistently demonstrating with their content. Like, my my Instagram strategy is very simple. Every day, put a video online for 60 seconds on my feed. Talk about a philosophy, an idea, a wisdom, Mm -hmm. a piece that's important in business. The other part of it, on the other day, is a quote. So, video quote, video quote, it's constant, it's consistent, and that's why people will look at that material and then say, okay, this is somebody I'm going to work with, as opposed to, I've got five spaces, how many people want to work with me? I don't need to do that, and I think that's the key. Like, we're, we're smelling of desperation, we're stinking of desperation, because we're not consistently putting ourselves out there to market, and the reason we're not doing that is because maybe we don't believe in ourselves. Hmm. maybe we're, we feel we're, we're being judged, yeah. maybe somebody's saying to us, mm, you're not good enough. Maybe we're looking at Tony Robbins and saying, well, I'm not Tony Robbins, why well, I, I shouldn't be doing this?
0: So or this I'm not, you know, self-esteem issue. Yeah, big, big, big issue. I'm not one. enough, like Norissa. Exactly, exactly.
1: and that's why it comes yeah. back to that. exactly. So
0: it has all to do with the mindset, the, the belief system. Yeah, they, let's talk
1: about that for a second, because you yeah. know what the thing with fear is that I talk about this idea of a flight, most people including these coaches and anybody else we want to speak to is currently on an airplane, Mm -hmm. they're the only passenger on the airplane. The airplane is currently docked at gate uh, 55 in Terminal C Mm -hmm. and it's there docked and it's been docked for a long time. There's a pilot in front and we're sitting in first class number one, seat A. We're happy to be served. We're happy for the table linen. We're happy to sleep at night. We're happy for the salt and paper shaker. We're happy for all of those things. But slowly, we al- we allow ourselves to dock out of the the, the move the flight out of the dock, mm-hmm. get onto the runway, and then for whatever reason, we're giving enough energy to put our foot down to start moving forward faster. But all of a sudden, something happens. I.e., we get judged. We get looked upon, Uh, somebody says you're not good enough, we feel we're not good enough, my content's not good enough, I'm perfecting too much and I shouldn't be perfecting, and we put the brake on, and we stop. And we're in this constant jerking motion on the runway, and here's the thing, at some point, if we don't lift off, what's going to happen? We're going to hit the end of the runway, we're going to crash into the buildings, that's it. And there is a finite time for how that happens, whether it's age, whether it's the market moves on, whether it's... Uh, you know somebody else copies us like there's so many different things that could influence that to stop us from doing that So it's in our mm-hmm. hands to lift off But you know why we're not gonna lift off what? because we're in sitting in first class 1a. We're letting somebody else be the pilot mm.
0: <laughs> The pilot well, of our life <laughs>
1: exactly and so we're and who's the pilot the pirates the pilot is that fear mm-hmm. It's that fear that's mm-hmm. saying okay. I'm gonna put the down. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it right now but if I take the pilot seat and I put pilot Whoever that pilot is fear, and I'm not saying fear, go away, because the thing about fear is that fear doesn't know how to be hot, more or less. Like In life, fear doesn't know how to be more or less. It is the same consistent goddamn fear, whether in a car crash or whether I'm sitting here in public speaking. Mm-hmm. Like It is the same fear. But we allow it to be intense. Mm -hmm. We allow it to be intense during the car, and sometimes, I don't allow it to be intense now, but some people might. And so in the same situation, whatever it is that we're working on, whether we're doing marketing, or we're doing cold calling, we're doing sales, or we're trying to raise a family, whatever it is, like that fear, needs to be put in economy class, row 49. <laughs> class. F. Exactly, toilet <laughs> class, whatever. No, yes. let, him, let, him have, let him be with us. Let him be with us, or he, she be with us in 540. Yes. Let him have the economy meal, but let them stay there and just say to them, you know what, I'm going to fly this flight today. I'm going to be the one that's piloting us to Lithuania or Argentina or wherever it is that we're going. I'm the one doing the liftoff, and yes. then you lift off.
0: You mentioned fear. Let's go back in time when you started out and imagine yourself standing in front of young people, they all want to start their own business and they have these fears, doubts, struggles. What are some strategies, like two, three strategies to deal with this fear?
1: Yeah, I mean, you said young people. I would say the majority of people I speak to are still older than me. So uh, anybody starting out in business is young, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, fear strategies for fear. You know the most important thing is to recognize that, like as I just said right now, that fear is here for the journey. Mm-hmm. Fear is not supposed to be something we try to get rid of. You do not get rid of fear. Mm-hmm. Like it's impossible. If you tried, I mean, you, you, you know, I still get onto some of the biggest stages, and for the first thirty minutes before I even get on, I am fearful. Shrieking. But if I didn't have that, I would be complacent. Yeah. So yeah. it's useful, right? It's useful to yeah. have that fear. Yeah. But if I get on the stage and I'm like shaking and I'm a mess and I'm in front of 5,000 people, that's bad. That's the point where I've got to say to fear, okay, you've done your job. You've helped me prepare to be the best. Now, it's my role. Now, you please watch from the back of the room. And fear is willing to listen. It's just that we forget to tell fear what to do. And I think we've got to consciously understand this. It's really important. I think that uh, we think that fear is this whole thing that we've made up, but really mm-hmm. it's this umbrella for what? Fear is an umbrella for. It's like a jellyfish for all these strands mm-hmm. of uh, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm I I'm want too perfectionist, or uh, somebody's going to judge. Judging is the biggest Judging, one. Like yeah. it's the biggest one. The, what I would say to that then for a strategy is just don't tell anyone what you're doing. Like mm. don't tell your friends, your family what you're doing if they're if you feel they're going to judge you. Just Be ready with your strategies, make your plans, start doing the work. If you're you're in a job and you're building a business at night, Mm -hmm. do it at night. If you're you're working a job, do it at lunchtime, whatever it is, make the time to do what matters to you. And then when it's out there, when you're ready to show the world, have a very Mm -hmm. honest conversation and say, this is what I'm doing, this is important to me. And the people that are around there that, that are most likely to judge you, won't. The people that judge you, or everybody, right? your closest friends judge you, your family judges you, your the wife, judges, the, the, husband the judges closest. you, but also your clients judge you uh, and the potential customers judge you, but those don't right. affect you as much. They don't no, affect you no, as much. No. right? Like It doesn't matter if somebody in insta I'm sure every day on in Instagram people are judging me. It's he's everyday. too boring, he's too good, he's too funny, he's not that great, like whatever it is, but it doesn't matter to me, yeah. but it matters to me what my wife says, it matters to me what my family yeah, I mean, say. True. Why is that? because we've attached such deep value mm-hmm. to what they are and who they are in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that if we actually sit down to have honest conversations, they will listen. We just sometimes skip that. We're just, mm-hmm. we, don't, we forget to have the, okay, can, I want to sit down and talk to you. I want to tell you what's really important, what I'm working on, because what I'm doing right now isn't driving me, isn't exciting me. And this is the thing I want to work on. And look, I know you might have some hesitation, but please let me try it for six months. Mm-hmm. And I think honest conversations really do play a big part.
0: Wow. How many employees do you have?
1: Uh, I, so I run a remote company, yeah. which means that uh, I don't have a physical office okay. as such, uh-huh. uh, because I want to design my life in the way that I could work anywhere in the world with my laptop, with my phone. Uh, I could. Um, you speak to my clients anywhere around the world. I could go where my clients are. I could travel and do what I want. So I decided to build a remote company. Wow. Uh, and uh, we have nine people in the company. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have writer. We have a g- graphic designer. We have a copywriter. Mm-hmm. We have a filming production house. We have... Uh, an automation expert, we have a project manager, we have a business consultant. These Mm -hmm. people are responsible. These are the pieces, if you like, the expert pieces that put together somebody's business for them.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you share some productivity or time management tip that helps you a lot?
1: I would say three things. uh, Three things I would highlight. The first is that I use a tool called Asana. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Asana is an app, A-S-A-N-A, it's a brilliant app. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. free actually for for most people. You Mm -hmm. can then upgrade and play if you want but uh, it is a project management tool. Uh, we run our projects for you know 15 to 20 clients at any one time and uh, every project has at least 150 to 200 moving parts, which means that uh, if you multiply the number of people, nine people by 200 moving parts by 15 clients, there's a lot of stuff to handle. And so Asana lets us to track every project, every individual mm-hmm. task, every person, every due date, every mm-hmm. file, it's all in one place. The best part is that uh, first of all, we have a rule in the company, which is if it's not in Asana, it doesn't exist. Okay. So you yes. can't find it if it's not in Asana. The second thing is that uh, it has an app on the phone. And so I can be anywhere you know, for the next four or five days without a laptop. Mm-hmm. As long as I've got my phone, uh, I'm able to check everyone, what everyone's doing, where they are, what the progress is. And also, mm-hmm. if people are asking me questions in my team, we can relay back to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some of our clients, we even give them access to see the progress. Yeah, yeah. So they can see without, without constantly asking, where are we at? What's next? They can mm-hmm. just see the whole timeline yeah, and smart. where we're moving. Yeah. So that would be one. Uh, the second thing that I would say for a time management or productivity tool mm-hmm. is the journal. Like I have a black journal, it's like a moleskin mm-hmm. or a lectern and uh, it is with me absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. Any ideas I have, I write down. Uh, any to-do lists I have, I write down. Any drawings for sales funnels mm-hmm. for absolutely every client. If I, go to, if I open my cupboard at home, my library cupboard at home and look at the shelf and all this, there's all these books everywhere with different colors and there's mm-hmm. like seven or eight black journals. Just every single one gets categorized. Mm-hmm. Every winning split test or winning landing page, everything gets noted down because at some point, it, you do return back to look at them. Absolutely. You do need to take the winnings and the winners mm-hmm. and put them into the new ideas, but also the improvements. Like every time mm-hmm. I do a keynote, I write down my lessons. Like the same keynote, I'm like over the next three, four days, I'm doing the same keynote a mm-hmm. few times mm-hmm. up in different parts of the country and I'm going to sit down and write down these are the improvements. So, tomorrow I can make that improvement, immediately act on mm-hmm. it, immediately mm-hmm. make the changes. So, the journal is the most important mm-hmm. thing, I think, in my life. And then the third thing I would say is Google Calendar. Mm. Because and these are like practical tools I'm trying to share here because Google Calendar is where obviously I put all my meetings, I put all my client calls, my team mm-hmm. calls, but I also schedule in my tasks. Mm-hmm. Most people don't do that. They just schedule in their meetings, their flights, mm-hmm. their trains, their journeys, but I schedule in my tasks. Like if I've got to do an email newsletter, I've got half an hour in there for email newsletter. If mm-hmm. I've got to have 15 minutes uh, in once a week to record five, six different mm-hmm. Instagram videos, I'll schedule that in on a Monday mm-hmm. because if I don't do that, they do don't get done.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> This is nice. What about some habits that you develop over the years that contribute to your success the most?
1: The biggest would be reading. Reading. The biggest would be reading. I probably read 50 to 80 books a year. Wow. Yeah, I probably read 50 to 80 books a year. And, Do you take notes
0: uh, in the book, or you have
1: uh, so? Thankfully, now we have the Kindle. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I highlight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know you can export all the notes from the Kindle into a single sheet, mm-hmm. and so they get saved. Uh, the reason I read a lot is because. I get all my great, like I feel like if you can just get one idea from a book, it's worth it. Most books I would say mm-hmm. I don't finish. Uh, I read halfway and mm-hmm. I feel like I've got it. So the rest of it is like stories, case studies. Sometimes they're useful, sometimes they're not. But I read, I don't speed read or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. do read quite quickly. I spend an hour a day reading. I get through a lot of nonfiction books. Um, but I would say that uh, the reading has really helped me to articulate my mm-hmm. ideas better. And then obviously, when I'm writing my book, like this first book and the next few books I'm working on, I'll be able to reference stuff better Mm -hmm. because I'm Mm well-read. So that's been really, really interesting. Most people, and even myself, have gone through a phase when I've read stuff and I've not implied it. And obviously, if Mm -hmm. you're reading lots of books and not applying stuff, it's really just wasting a lot of money. So um, knowledge is only powerful when you apply it. So reading is one. The second is meditation. I meditate Mm -hmm. twice a day, 45 minutes each.
0: This is what I'm trying to do. Oh, great. To to meditate twice a day, I only do once. Do you do it morning. with
1: any app or any yeah, tool? Calm. I use Calm. Yeah, Calm there. is brilliant. Yeah, yeah I really and you? recommend Calm. I do it silently now. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, so just, you meditate in the morning? Just complete
1: silence, yeah. In, in the, morning, the morning, mostly.
0: Like uh, 5, 10, 20? Uh, 45 minutes. 45? Wow.
1: Yeah. And then uh, it, literally, I am focused on silence at that point and trying to just be completely with myself with no thoughts. If, I, if thoughts are coming, I'm trying not to be mm-hmm. engaged in the thoughts. The idea is to just find the gap. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. But if I'm on a train journey and it's obviously it's bumpy, it's difficult, I mm-hmm. use Calm. Calm is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Calm is great. A nice short session. And then
0: when in the afternoon or at the night before uh, the Afternoon
1: doesn't really work because that's when I, like, it's you know, my busy. schedule,
0: my schedule How do is... How you start the day? Yeah.
1: So my schedule is, you know, 9 a.m. Uh, smoothie, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, 8 a.m. smoothie, 9 a.m. meditation, uh, 10.30 shower, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock work,
2: uh-huh. uh, so typically work. I
1: start work at 11 mm-hmm. and then I'll finish by 4.30 mm-hmm. wow. and then after that it's reading and meditation wow. until about 6.30 and then it's dinner and family time.
0: Mm-hmm. So the typical work day, how does it look like? <laughs> typical. There is no typical no work typical. Day. Huh?
1: You know, I, I, I think <laughs> the role, my role has evolved like over the last okay. few years I would say from going to be the person that's actually doing the building to mm-hmm. knowing that every day I got to work up and build a sales funnel to being the designer, to every, and I'm not meaning graphic I yeah, mean like then. the funnel architect, mm-hmm. like to say, I'm actually the person that's going to think about you to your think. course and how it should sell in the world in a way that nobody else is doing it. Or if people are doing it, 80%, how do we make 20% of it novel? Because I'm not interested in copying anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in following a formula that is done 100 times. I'll follow the formula but I'll make my tweaks mm-hmm. because of what I know from the people that I've worked with, the experience that I have. So most of my day is spent actually in finding new creative ways of marketing mm-hmm. and then obviously I'm responding to emails, I'm doing my Instagram, I'm, uh, I have team calls, team is the most important mm-hmm. thing to me, I speak more to my team than I do with my clients because they're the most important people and if I get my team right, my clients are taken care of. So that's how I would start. Do you have
0: cooking. any routine how you manage your team? How often uh, you have meetings? Or?
1: Yeah, so once a year we meet in person. I bring mm-hmm. everyone together once a year because everyone's remote. So, yeah, everyone's around you know the country. Person, Every, yeah, yeah, exactly, which has been really great. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, am so su- I am so surprised there. at the level of retention we have in our team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we have some of the people that have been there for two years, some for four years, mm-hmm. uh, some for, I don't think we've had anyone be, been there for less than a year. Everyone's been there so far for more than a year. Even the newest person has mm-hmm. been there for a year. Uh, We don't have any churn because I think we all buy into the vision Mm -hmm. that we have and this is the vision. I would say that the only people that can truly change the world is not politicians, it's entrepreneurs because the entrepreneur is the person that truly Mm -hmm. is able to ignite that fire in their belly. You You don't see somebody going to work in a bank, and I have no disrespect for that, but you don't, have, you don't see a trader going to the bank thinking, I'm going to go in today to change the world. Like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't happen. You see that with entrepreneurs. You see that with people that are building something they truly believe in. They would stay up all night, and obviously, when you stay up all yeah. night, so dedicated, you forget about food. They would do that. I've done that so many times. So I believe if I could help one person build a good enough structure that goes ahead Mm -hmm. and sells their programs and courses that changes lives to their customers, it changes their customer and their customer's family, it changes their staff and their staff family, it changes the owner and the owner's circle, that's a mini society. What if I could do that with 50 people a year, 100 people a year? Mm -hmm. That's my vision and I think our team is buying into that which is why they're there. So, we meet in person once a year. Uh, I get on to a team call every three months Mm -hmm. where I sit with the entire team and say, this is our vision, this is where we're going, I'm really grateful for your help, and should really show my gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then our project manager, Deborah, she runs a weekly call with the team. I don't get involved in that. Okay. She runs that call to say, here's the projects, this is what we've got, this is what we're looking at, this is the next stage, here's what's coming to mm-hmm. next week. So everyone can structure their schedule mm-hmm. ac- appropriately. And then, obviously, when I take on a new client, then I'll call in the right people mm-hmm. to make the right decisions for that mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. That's an ad hoc process based on the clients we bring on.
0: Right. This is your first baby, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> why, why don't sleep on it, on what knowledge?
1: So I've been, uh, I've been doing automated business system, as I said, for three, four or five years now mm-hmm. and we've taken 150 people through the process and I think that I, we have down very finely documented a very clear process mm-hmm. of how anybody could take their ideas and launch a business online and so a lot of people have been asking for a book and when there's a demand, sometimes you have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I decided that it's time to write a book. I've always, you know, when I think about it, somebody asked me yesterday, how much of your journey has been planned? And every single thing has just snowballed. Like I never wanted to be a musician Mm -hmm. initially. Uh, Actually, I only wanted to be a musician. I never wanted to run a music business. I never wanted to be an online entrepreneur. All I knew is I wanted to be a musician and I remember this dream of wanting to be a writer. So those are the only two things. The rest just snowballs. So, I've wanted to write and people asked about it so I thought it's time to write Mm -hmm. the book and uh, it's probably took about two years because it was my first book, a lot more fear and judgment and anxiety and am I getting it right, what are people going to think, I went through that for sure and uh, so it came out this year, June 26th. Morgan James. Morgan James Publishing, Yeah, I'm
0: publishing my book. Fantastic,
1: great. Yeah, they published Expert Empires as well, Uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson as well. Uh, yeah, and so it came out on twenty-six on the day of launch. It hit Amazon number one mm-hmm. in some subcategories in the UK. It's, it's great. It's sold really well. The feedback has been phenomenal, and I'm really excited right. about it.
0: Where can we find the book? You
1: can buy the book anywhere, Amazon, 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 Amazon anywhere around the world, any Barnes and Nobles. You can okay. get it on Audible if you're an audiobook mm-hmm. person. Uh, you could get it on the Kindle mm-hmm. as well. And obviously, if you buy the book, what we're doing is you get a whole bunch of bonuses. You could get, you know, the point is, like why read a book if it's not going to be practical? Mm-hmm. And so our clients, when we when we meet with them, we take them through a whole process of planning mm-hmm. and we give them worksheets with our consist- consultant, which they're doing together. So you can get all the worksheets as a bonus wow. for getting the book and an entire demonstration on how to run ads on Facebook and how to do email marketing. So you just get the book, then go to don'tsleeponitbook.com and then you can mm-hmm. put in your receipt number and get all the bonuses just for purchasing.
0: Wow, I already see the nice layout and everything. Wow, so go get a book, don't sleep on it. Uh, what about challenging times, you know? When you started the business, is, is there something that happened that could destroy potentially your business? Yeah, yeah. And how did you overcome that?
1: I wouldn't, I, the first one is not maybe destructive, but the first thing was that I learned about, I learned about customer value and segmentation through this process. Mm-hmm. In my music business, what happened was you know, I built this huge database, mm-hmm. and at this point, I've got 25,000, 30,000 people on the database. And I'm, I've filmed a, an entire program called Magnetic Marketing for Musicians, mm-hmm. how to market your music, basically. And I sent an email to the database to say, I've got this amazing program for you. It's called Magnetic Marketing for Musicians. Please click here to get it you'll get an advanced mm-hmm. copy, all the best, covet. That was my email, it was short. I got a lot of hate mail from that. People were replying back saying, you don't know me. Who are you to tell me this? You're not telling me anything, you're just trying to sell me a product. Like, you don't know what I play, you don't know where I live, you don't know anything about me. And I quickly learned that actually, these people are right. Like, why am I getting all these emails and no sales? And they're telling me I don't know them. So what occurred to me was that, actually, you know who I have in my database? I have I have guitarists, I have singers, I don't have people. I have guitarists, I have singers, I have drummers, I have songwriters, I have violinists, I have piano players. I have all these people at beginner, intermediate, and advanced level. I don't just have people, I have these people, which means they are very specific. They're living in every part of the world, they're in every age group, but I have beginner guitarists, intermediate guitarists, advanced guitarists, I have beginner piano players, intermediate piano players. Like, I've got all these segments. So then it took me a few more weeks and I went back and I wrote individual emails to these segments, the same product, no changes in the product, no changes in the price.
0: Just a different message.
1: Separate message directly for the guitarist, say, hey, I know you're a guitarist, I know you want to get into a band, I know you want to try and sell out your audiences, I've created a program to show you exactly how I'm doing that. It doesn't matter whether you play the guitar and I play the tabla, that doesn't matter, the strategies are the same. Click here to go ahead and buy. I did that for each of the segments. Yes, it took me a whole day. It didn't take me just 30 minutes for an email, but that was the day I made the most money I'd ever made because of that one mistake I made a few weeks back in that process. So that mm-hmm. was a big mistake at that point. But the second big mistake, which is really destructive, was that you know, towards the end of that business, I said that what I'm really wanting to do is find a way to exit the business, mm-hmm. but I also want to create a recurring membership because if I create a recurring membership, I've got a way to have regular income without having to do much work and I could also keep the work going. Mm -hmm. So I created a membership site and I thought, well, in order to get people into the membership site, I'm going to put all of my products into the membership site and give it a trial for a dollar for 14 days. I gave it a trial for 14 days. I had 25,000 people take the $1 trial and after the 14 days, only about 2,000 were left. They had all come in, taken all of my product and then left. That was damaging because now I'm instead grateful. of going to sell of that product, they would got it for free and I was, my strategy at that point, which is like this is in 2008, was I could get them to pay $20 a month for the whole year. It didn't happen. That was really hard at that, that point. That was really hard to swallow at that point. That was really difficult mm. because all that blood, sweat, tears, hard work, 16-hour days for five years, and all these products and I thought I'd try something without testing it to a small group. Now, everything mm-hmm. I do, we test to a small group and then we roll it out because I don't want a mistake like that happening again. And you never know, like, when you look at that plan on paper, it was solid, it was good, other people were doing it. a membership
0: side and giving initial away- the sign up, 20,000. Yeah, like, uh, that's phenomenal, that was back. amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even if half of them stay. Yeah. But yeah, it was right. shocking. This is how you calculate. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> so this is how we learn. Yeah, exactly. If there was some magic button, So speaking in terms of starting a business, what button would you press and start from scratch? To help me do what? Like not doing same mistakes or maybe implement some systems that you didn't at the beginning?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm grateful for the mistakes. How would you start the business yeah, now? Yeah, I'm grateful for the mistakes. That's a better question. How would you start yeah. I like that question? How yeah. do you so first of all, the second the second part is what would I put in place if I started yes. from the scratch? Yeah. The first thing I would put into place if I start from scratch is the time and the energy without building anything to sit in a coffee shop with my journal to think about who my customer is. Mm. I've got that wrong so many times. Like, The reason I'm not getting enough sales, if I'm not getting enough sales, is now because I'm not getting enough customers. So if anyone's listening and they're not getting enough customers, I mean, the key is to sit down and plan that. So I would do that, then I would start to write in their language. Mm -hmm. And then I would share that with 15, 20 people on Quora, on Yahoo Answers, on LinkedIn Answers, anywhere and just say like, does this resonate with you? I'm looking for some help. Does this resonate with you? Or run a survey. Like surveys are the be all and end all Mm -hmm. in my business. We run surveys everywhere in my company Mm because it's really important to know what the person is interested in, but not mm-hmm. just like yes and no, but please tell me why this is important to you. Please be as specific as possible in mm-hmm. your own mm-hmm. words why this is important to you. Because when you know in their words why it's important to you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you then get to apply this in your life, So in your writing, in your marketing. Okay. So, uh, I would do the, the who's my customer, I would then think about my sales funnel, I'd draw it all out on paper. For me, drawing on paper is the most important thing. Can We draw out our entire sales funnel and plan, when the customer comes in, now that I know them, what is the first thing I want them to do? What is the second thing? How do I get them to buy? What is the third thing? How do I get them to buy? How do I build a lifelong relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not here now, if I was starting again, I would tell myself, you're not in it to make money. You're in it to make an impact. You're, you're not in it to make money. You're in it to use your influence to change people's lives. Because if you can do those things, making money takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is not difficult to make money if you care about impact and influence. And mm-hmm. I've seen that firsthand. So that's how I would approach it. Instead of that stinking desperation of, I, got, I want five clients. If you're, looking for, if you're looking for a coach, please PM me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is success for you?
1: Success is that equation we said, passion plus consistency equals success. That's the first thing. Success for me. Second is how many shining eyes do I create when I speak? When mm-hmm. I open my mouth or when I use my pen or when I type on the keyboard and somebody reads my words or listens to my words, how many shining eyes have I created? Because if I'm speaking to somebody in an audience and I see them going, aha, hmm and they don't say much, but they show me with their facial expressions or at the end they come and tell me that was like amazing, that's success. Like, that's why mm-hmm, we do what mm-hmm. we do. Like, we have that impact and that influence because of that. And then finally, the third area of success is financial, mm-hmm, of, of course. Like, you're not in business if you don't also yeah, want to yeah. make money. I want to honor that too. And, and you know, I'll set financial goals and I'll try to meet them and that's mm-hmm. really success. You, you look back and you say, in the last 12 months, did I hit my targets? And if you did, then that's success.
0: What is the one book except yours that you recommend?
1: <laughs> oh, there's so many books, 80, yeah. books 50, 80 books a year. 80
0: books a year. I,
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell you the first book I read. The first business book I read, proper like nonfiction, show me the core tricks of marketing book I read, is called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got by Jay Abraham. Mm. It is one of the best books I've read still. I would, I still go back to it. Um, it's an old book, it's maybe about 20, 25 years yeah, now, but maybe. But the concepts in there are very, very true, mm-hmm. very grounded in marketing and still apply. You just mm-hmm. have to modernize them a bit, but they're really good.
0: What about personal development books?
1: <laughs> uh, you, you know, there are two, I'm going to tell you two. The first book is called The Four Agreements mm-hmm. by Don Miguel Ruiz. He talks about four ag- agreements mm. that can truly have personal impact. Uh, the first one is Be Impeccable with Your Word.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The sec- do you know this book? Yeah. Yeah. The second one is... Uh, is, is uh, take nothing... No, the second one is... Um, uh, anyway, just there's yeah, four yeah, agreements. Yeah. They're amazing. Be impeccable with your word. Uh, there's a few more. They're brilliant. Mm-hmm. These things, I think I read them when I was going through a down phase in my life. They really helped me structure and pick, that, pick myself mm-hmm. up again and realize mm-hmm. what's important. And then the second book is called The 40 Rules of Love by Elif Shafak. And mm-hmm. she talks in there beautifully about the journey between Rumi and uh, the mystic Rumi, the poet Rumi, mm-hmm. and uh, his guru or his teacher, uh, Shams of Tabriz. And then she modernizes that with a twist on her modern day love story and how it brings together the 40 rules of love. Mm-hmm. Brilliant book for personal development.
2: <laughs>
0: Any other apps you're using besides Calm? Time to
1: yeah, try. so Calm, Asana are both mm-hmm. apps I mm-hmm. use. I love Messenger. You know, Messenger is where I keep in touch mm-hmm. with a lot of people now. It's a great way. Instagram is, I think I'm using Instagram more than I need to. I'm more addicted mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great for DMing people. Like if you're looking to network with people, yeah. I live in London. It's not always as easy to be face to face with somebody in LA or, or New York, but I get to meet them on Instagram. And then when I go to New York, I get to meet them in person. So it's really amazing for that as well. Those would mm-hmm. be some quick apps that I use.
0: Okay. What has worked for you in terms of goal setting?
1: Goal setting. There are
0: so many theories out there.
1: Yeah. I follow the one called OKR. OKR? OKR. Yeah. OKR, it was uh, famous by a guy called Andy Grove, who was the Mm -hmm. CEO of Intel. Um, And then uh, they taught it to Larry and uh, Sergey Brin and Larry Page from Google. And Google is famous Mm -hmm. now. Uh, because they use the OKR methodology. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a great book about this as well called Measure What Matters. It teaches you everything you need to know about OKR. And OKR basically stands for objective and key results. Mm -hmm. So you want to create in your life and in your business one to three different objectives, Mm -hmm. a very broad objective that is over six months or 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, then you want to create one to three or maybe three to five key results. The results are more specific. They're more quantifiable. They're more time-based. So, for example, if one of my objectives is to increase my customers by twenty percent, mm-hmm. so the, the key res- in the next six months. So, the key key results would be uh, create a webinar funnel mm-hmm. um, by May by uh, by August thirtieth. Put marketing in place, advertising mm-hmm. in place to get a thousand people registered by September thirtieth, and then by October thirtieth close 10 new clients. That would mm-hmm. be like the, the step-by-step key results that need to happen in order to meet that objective. Mm-hmm. So literally all I do is I write down an objective and I write three to five key steps mm-hmm. or key results, OKR, to get them to the objective mm-hmm. and I do that every three months. Wow,
0: what is the name of the book? Measure, measure What, what, what matters. matters. Who is yeah. the author or is it just? Uh, I don't know the name okay. off the top okay. of my head. Measure What out. Matters. We will, we will find out for you. <laughs> so any, anything that you want to add for my listeners that I didn't ask?
1: I think one of the interesting areas is to make sure that what you're doing is something that's truly passionate mm-hmm. for you, you mm-hmm. know, and we touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Cutler uh, has a definition of passion which I abide mm-hmm. by. He says that passion is when three or more things intersect. So when three or more things intersect, you have a deep passion. What that really means is that because you know, like if you want to be successful in what you're doing, and you know this, you've done this for so long in your business, mm-hmm. to be consistent, you obviously go up and down in ways, right? Yeah. But something keeps you there. Something keeps you going. Something allows you to stay to the end. And if you don't have deep passion, you don't. You know you're going to give up. Like most businesses, quit right. Mm -hmm. Like the statistic is horrific. Most businesses in their first two years are out. Most businesses that are left after the two years are out in the five Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. It's and the reason is the deep passion is not holding you there. So what Stephen Cutler is saying is that find three interests. So like my interests are, in my first business were music, entrepreneurship, teaching. If you can bring three things together, you may get bored of music, you'll always remain engaged in entrepreneurship and teaching. You may get bored of teaching, you'll always love the game of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and the music. So whatever three things you have, even if one of them is dipping, the other two keep you going, Mm -hmm. and it pushes you to the very end. So find the intersections between three, like make a list of 30 things, find the intersections, Mm -hmm. go check them out, see if they work with you, that's your deep passion, then you know you've got a solid business. And then finally, you just have to check. If, are people going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to run a survey.
0: Well. Wow. Uh, the last question, I call it the pow- no, the, the, the last message or the power message. Okay. You don't have kids yet. No, I have no but kids let, yet. let's pretend you have. Okay. Okay. For okay. A while. And you have only five seconds to live. Right. What would be the last message you wow. would send to them? Oh wow. That will stay for the with them forever.
1: I want to get this right. So five seconds to tell my kids, yeah. who I'm not yet having, um, what, I would, what, what message I want to yeah. stay with them for the rest of their life. In, in the Hawaiian tradition, they have a uh, tradition called Ho'oponono, and their meditation or their process mm-hmm. is four things. So I would teach these four things to my kid in that one message. And I would say to them, every morning and every night, Say these four things five times each. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I forgive you, thank you, I love you.
0: Thank you, Kavit, I love you, <laughs> thank you very
1: much. Thank you for having uh, me. For taking so
0: much time. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, it was a pleasure to having you here. Yeah. Uh, so follow Kavit uh, on his social media. Instagram? Instagram Kavithariya, at Kavitharia. Yeah. And you have Facebook? Facebook as well, Kavitharia. Okay. And the internet page?
1: Yeah. My, you can get the book anywhere, of course, okay. and then go to don'tsleeponitbook.com. Obviously, okay. you can Google me, kavatharia.me or our business,
0: Okay. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to work with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. More
0: in the future. Thank you. <laughs> If you want more success tips, motivational stories, personal growth advice, incredible personal stories and other useful life tips, follow me on social media. You can find me as Smilion Mori on Facebook and Instagram and Smilion Mori Warrior Family on YouTube. If you are in the MLM industry, visit my website smilionmori.com and start your 6-figure business.